Welcome to the Fundamentals of Chefery. In these podcasts, I'm going to take time to, just by myself, tell personal stories that are related to um, cooking in general, my concept of cooking, which is progressing toward goals, um, in a less abstract way. So these are actual examples of um, trials and tribulations that I've gone through in order to become the person that I am today. And if you're listening to that to this podcast, that mostly means the person who runs this podcast. <laughs> um, so one of the early stories that I wanted to focus on that's very relatable is just the, the creation of this podcast. Um, I know that the way I've been running it so far has involved me speaking with a guest about anything ranging from philosophical topics to current events in their lives. And it isn't really obvious why I'm doing what I'm doing or what I'm doing unless you've heard several episodes and you get the general structure of the podcast. So I'm hoping to just give a quick kind of historical account of what happened, how it came to be, and uh, just show you, again, some examples of what it's like actually living like a chef. So without further ado, the background for the Chef of X podcast. So I first became a fan of podcasts when I was an engineering student in Alabama, um, Around, I was there from 2012 to 2015, but probably around 2013 is when I became a fan of podcasts. And there were really kind of categories of speech that I was really interested in. So I had already had a, a really strong background in speaking myself. Um, I did Model United Nations in high school, and I won money in speech contests throughout middle school and high school. So I was already kind of a, a seasoned speaker by the time I went to college, but... Um, you know, because of that, I was a super fan of podcasts, which were like, a, a, you know, speaking is the main format. However, the categories that I liked in podcasts were free thought. So kind of the intellectual exploration of ideas, um, podcasts that allowed me to enter into weird lives. Um, so weird experiences, storytelling, that nature, things of that nature. Um, improv comedy, because improv in particular, comedy is already attractive to me um, because it's kind of a real life way of it's a way of processing the world to incorporate very uncomfortable parts of the world uh, without the discomfort that normally is associated with them. So you could talk about dark topics in a happy way. But improv specifically is something where it's happening in real time. So I think there's something really special about improv and podcasts, uh, improv comedy, that's, that's not the same as normal scripted comedy or, you know, like a, a comedy special performance. Uh, another one was giving advice. I liked it. I like to hear people in podcasts who had experience with something speaking to people who didn't have experience from a, a position of expertise. Um, and then storytelling, which kind of is involved in all of those. And the last one was science communication because I was a engineering student, electrical engineering. I was scientifically literate, but I was also in Alabama where the culture is not very scientifically literate. It's very much uh, a Christian environment that I went to school in. Um, and, and my family was, came from different variations of uh, Christianity. Some of them practice Islam. So I had a little bit of a religious background, even though I didn't practice that heavily throughout my childhood. So the psychom aspect of it was also very powerful for me to hear, you know, basically voiceless people, scientists, philosophers, etc., speak their mind, speak clearly, speak openly without needing to filter themselves or uh, being limited by time as they often are um, in the news media. 
So anyhow, these were kind of the, the categories that attracted me to podcasts as a fan. Free thought, weird lives, improv comedy, advice, storytelling, and sitcom. Um, however, uh, I felt that I wasn't really seasoned in all of these. I, I really felt that um, I could do a sitcom podcast with the skills that I had, or I could do a free thought podcast. Uh, but I, I didn't really feel like I had any comedy skills. And I didn't feel that my life was that interesting or weird that anyone would ever want to know about it. So um, my interests and my skills didn't really line up as far as podcasts. I, my interests were far greater than my actual skills. So I did actually try to start a podcast, but I only recorded one episode with a friend and I didn't look into how to upload it or anything else. So I obviously wasn't that passionate about it. I mean, just to give some brief background... When I was an engineering student, I was involved in a lot of extracurriculars and I held some pretty good internships and I had pretty good grades. So I was busy and it really didn't seem like it was worth my time to start something extra on the side when I could just be focused on going to graduate school or getting good grades, etc. Anyhow, um, for those who don't know, there was a drastic change in my life after that period of going to college in Alabama, I didn't graduate. Actually, in my senior year, um, I ended up going into a psychotic episode uh, right after I smoked some possibly bad weed, possibly formaldehyde weed. And uh, I, I just went into, uh, it was a really bad state of mind, full-on manic episode, hearing voices, uh, different types of delusions, uh, moved around a lot, spent a lot of money, uh, car theft, went to jail, went to a psych hospital, Finally got diagnosed as bipolar while I was in jail. And then um, I finished my time. And uh, then it took me two years in community college after I got out of jail to get back to a university because and undergrad because I never graduated. So I really kind of went from being on top of my engineering program to being an inmate to being at the bottom of a community college program, working my way up um, within that period uh, immediately following um, you know, the time that I got interested in podcasts. And uh, because of that, I mean, that's kind of the fundamental piece for why I ended up starting one to begin with. So uh, just to get into that, while I was in jail, obviously, my lifestyle completely changed to adapt to the environment, <laughs> right? So as, as an engineering student in Alabama, by the way, I left this out, but after I got out of jail, I went to school in California. So I'm from California, went out of state to go to school in Alabama, had a manic episode, went to jail in California, and then went to school in California. Okay, so anyhow, when I was in Alabama, my, my lifestyle was, I was worried about skateboarding, self-studying. I, I like linear algebra, for instance. Um, robotics, I was really into microcontrollers and 3D printing, and I wanted to bring that kind of culture to my college. I went to a black college and it wasn't really the cool thing to be worried about microelectronics, even for an engineering student. People were more into Greek life and things of that nature. Um, and also I did undergraduate research for three years. I worked in the microelectronics lab and we built um, transistors out of germanium and silicon. So um, photolithography, if you're familiar. So this was like my life for three years. And then I go to jail and uh, all psychosis aside, let's just take it from the period where I was fully recovered from the psychosis, which was about six months in after I got treatment. Um, my daily tasks were just reading the newspaper in the morning, working out, 
and selling bread bags. These are the only things of my concern. None of them have anything to do with academics except maybe the newspaper. And I was mostly reading the comics. So barely involved with the outside world. Um, I still studied, but it was the prison politics or the way inmates interact with one another and the guards and the jail economy, which are, it's the exchange of goods and services for the common currency of top ramen, which we called soups. So, you know, those little top ramen packets, you could get a thousand for 99 cents. Those were worth a dollar in the jail because you could get them on commissary and they were valuable to everyone. So, you know, what's interesting in retrospect is that because of these experiences of worrying about this, you know, robotics, for instance, and then worrying about selling bread bags, for instance, and this drastic change and then the whole manic episode part of it, um, I kind of widened my profile as a podcaster. So in, in, in some sense, I, I began living a life where the holes in, you know, the difference between my interests in listening and what I could produce kind of closed up because now I was the person living an interesting life. Now I was the person doing storytelling on a daily basis between inmates just to pass the time. Now I was the person directly involved in comedy, trying to make sense of kind of harsh conditions in a fun way. And uh, it just was built into the way that I live to such an extent that by the time I got out, I really, compared to a lot of my peers, was seasoned in a lot of these areas that I, I had always felt were weaknesses uh, in my profile. So, uh, yeah, in, in, in some examples of, of this are, um, you know, as, as far as like growing in the profile, I remember... Um, having peace of mind in solitary. So I was in 23-hour lockdown, which isn't quite solitary confinement because I had a window and it's possible for other inmates to communicate with me through this window. But uh, for the most part, for the average listener, I was in solitary confinement for 23 hours a day for about six months. And, uh, and this was when I was in psychosis. This is basically when I first went to jail. And then after that, I moved into a general population situation. But my point is, uh, as far as like you know, being the person living a weird life. One of the interesting things to me was being in situations where other inmates who were these kind of like big, scary, dangerous people were slowly but surely acknowledging me as one of them. Because I very largely felt like, okay, I'm, I'm in a jail, but I'm here because I have mental health problems. I never really was socialized into a life of crime. I did my crime by myself, allegedly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm not really uh, a, a true criminal in the sense that it's my main way of interacting with the economy. I'm kind of like, I deviated from the path, but after I got treatment, I was kind of back on track. Um, whereas most people, it was their, their full on lifestyle. And one of the things someone told me is like, man, you're living like a savage. And it was like some, you know, you can easily imagine, so like a, a bald, extremely tatted up Hispanic gangster dude. And, uh, and he's like, I don't understand how you can live by yourself and, and have peace of mind. I would have like gone crazy by now. And of course I was crazy before I got there. Right. So maybe that's why it was okay for me. But, you know, that's one example of feeling like, wow, this, this is a scary person telling me that. I'm doing something that he can, he has a lot of respect for, or it's dangerous, or it's, it's, it's out there to him. 
So if it's out there to him, imagine what the, a, a normal person would think about this. Or uh, I remember telling a story about uh, I knew this guy who would uh, like <laughs> I knew this guy who would torture cats, and I was telling a story of torturing <laughs> this guy who tortured cats, and uh, some people were really cringing when I was telling this story, and and we're like you know. Like everyone surrounding me has no idea what a derivative is. You know what I mean? They, they don't care about the SAT. Most people who um, are in prison or jail and headed to prison don't have a GED and they have no interest in getting one. Yet there's some experiences in my life I learned in that environment that are actually considered extreme even for them, even for that crowd. Um, and then finally, there's I actually want to do a um, Fundamentals of Sheffrey on this last bit but uh there's a comedy story about um where i talk about a sex toy that's like i feel like my the beginning of my comedic uh the beginning of my comedic career happened in jail because i was in this sticky situation and i just kind of thought on my feet and said the right things and i got out of the sticky situation but anyhow i'll i'll hopefully have a whole podcast dedicated just to that story anyhow that was the whole thing of me being in jail and me expanding my profile. So now what I want to talk a little bit about is the actual making of the podcast. Whereas, you know, rather than just what's the background. So anyhow, I was, I was in jail for roughly a, uh, a year. Then I spent the next two years in a community college in Silicon Valley before transferring back into a university, which was UC Davis, where I continued to study electrical engineering. Um, but in those years in community college, when I was out of jail, that's basically when I started the podcast. And just to give it some context, I got out right before Christmas. I think it was December 23rd. And then by the following March, the first episode was uploaded. So there was maybe three or so months, you know, of downtime between me being fully like, you know, handcuffed in the jail to me running the podcast was about a three month period, but I was immediately motivated to start the fucking podcast. And, um, so now I want to talk about, well, what do, what do I think about it? You know? And, and I, I'll say this small note. I do consider the podcast a part of a larger brand, which I call to myself the chef set. I don't think I've kind of spoken openly about this, um, yet because it's not time, but, um, the overall brand actually includes four components. The podcast would be maybe the third, but, um, the first is chef of X comics, which is an Instagram page. You could find at chef of X, C H E F O F X. And it's abstract art. Um, the second is red chef music, which I started writing hip hop music in jail. Uh, cause that's one of the things you do when you're in jail. So I had a, I have an album called, uh, or a mixtape called Elmwood recipes. You could find that some on SoundCloud, uh, at Red Chef, R-E-D-C-H-E-F. And um, the third is the Chef of X podcast, uh, philosophical conversations, introspection, explanations. Um, you know where to find that. And then the last one is the uh, the papers, which mainly are just the grand unified theory of chef chefs and other mathy related papers where I'm attempting to do applied math with basically no real experience. <laughs> and also on topics that are not mathy at all. They're very like, they're things normal people think about, but I'm trying to do applied math projects on those. So anyhow, 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 that's the chef set. But anyhow, the podcast. Here's my view of a podcast, okay? Let, let me tell you what I don't think about in starting a podcast. And you, you should criticize me for this. But if you're listening, then maybe you shouldn't. Um, I don't think it's about 
likes, comments, subscribes, and sponsors. I've said it. You know, crucify me. I don't think that's what it's about. I don't think it's worth it to think of that when you're thinking of what it is, or when I don't think when I'm thinking of what it is, because I think of it in terms of the product and the production. So the product is, you know, what are you actually doing? And what does it entail? Like, for me, early on, I decided a part of what I was doing is um, I'm going to speak to people uh, one-on-one, preferably one-on-one rather than two-on-one, four-on-one, whatever. One-on-one, for me personally in my life, is the most effective format to speak to anyone because I don't get distracted. They don't get distracted. We can really dial in. I feel like it's easier to respect people when it's one-on-one. Um, I can read body language a lot clearer. I think I have, sometimes I have trouble listening to people. So it's easier when there's just one person to pay attention to and the conversation flows better. So I think, so that's a part of what the product is for me. But another part is like the underlying things of like, why are you doing what you're doing? I think that's also a part of the product. Um, the philosophical underpinnings of whatever the fuck you're talking about or why you're doing it in the first place. Um, so anyhow, that's, 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 you know, there's, there's the, there's the format, there's the end quality and there's the why. So what are you doing? Um, and then how does it end up? Whereas the production, cause I think it's product and production. The production is how you do things in my view. And I think the production is very important in a podcast. And I would argue early on, that's all I really focused on. I mean, I, a little bit on the product, but I, I, to, to work on the production, sometimes I'll just do dummy episodes, just do literally anything goes as long as we're hanging out so that I can have some data to play with so I could figure out how to make things sound good. So anyhow, anyhow. Uh, so let me talk about my product and my production. So, um, First, the product, the format, what are you doing? In my view, I've done basically four different products. The first one is uh, the most raw. You could find this as the Sheep of X Yodcast, which is super weird to spell, but it's the Sheep, um, open parentheses, X, close parentheses, Yodcast, which is podcast starting with a Y rather than a P. If you just Google that, then there's a bunch of different links for you to listen to that. And I think there's about 30 episodes on there. So the Sheep of X Yodcast was straight up criminally insane. That was the pie. That was the whole premise. Mental health, jail, addiction, addiction recovery. Those were the only things that were discussed. Those were the only guests that were on. And that was because when I first got out of jail, I lived in this halfway house that was court ordered. Um, and it was basically the only way you could get into this house is if you just came from jail or prison. So you were formally incarcerated and you had a mental health diagnosis. So it was a specialized halfway house. And because of that, I felt that I had a huge advantage because now it was super easy to recruit these interesting guests. Like any random day, someone who walked in just came from Pelican Bay, just came from San Quentin, just came from Delano. And, um, all of them were fucking crazy. So all of them have stories of, oh, this is a manic episode. Oh, this is the first time I heard voices. Oh, this is what it, it was like when I tried to commit suicide. So for me, it was a very, um, 
it was nice to have them as like a transitionary group of people that I was around when I first got out. But it was also super nice to have them as like a podcast host. And I really, I felt like even if I just get one or two people, then that's still fucking amazing. And it'll let other people know like who was in my network when I was starting this fucking podcast. Because a lot of people see me now and they're like, they don't understand the format. They don't understand why I'm doing things the way I'm doing it. And if you go back to the beginning, it all makes sense. We just, we were just hanging out talking about our lives because everyone had just, you know what I mean? Most people had been tased. Most people had bad cop experiences. Most people had bad medication experiences. So it was more like, let's just let the gold happen rather than force stuff to happen. And because of that, the more open format kind of was the way things started off. But anyhow, the Criminally Insane podcast, a.k.a. the Sheep of X Yodcast, which is still online, is the first format that I went with for the first six months. The second format was the Intellectual Podcast, which is basically the variation that, you know, I do now some of the time. But uh, it answers the question, what are you thinking about these days? What are you thinking about right now? What are you, what worries you? What moves you? What, what ideas in the world? To, and this question would be posed to a guest, basically. But what ideas in the world do you feel are worth discussing today? And this didn't last that long, uh, about six months, but there were some core people that really helped me do these types of podcasts when I was in community college. You know, two or three people that reliably, just hyper-intellectuals, you know. They, they, I felt like, you know, this was my demographic, that I had, I was kind of thirsty for when I was in Alabama and I was thirsty for when I was in jail. So I really enjoy these and I hope that in the future I could just do these and, and, and no more other ones. But what are you thinking about today? What do, what do you think is worth discussing in the world? Um, whether or not it's a current event, um, it could just be a general theme. That's also something that I did for about six months. Um, a little bit overlapping the criminally insane podcast. Okay, so the next one is the philosophical podcast. So I think of the intellectual podcast as specific and the philosophical podcast as general. <laughs> Although the people may not see the difference. Okay, so what's the difference between those two? Well, first of all, the philosophical podcast format, the idea is you, how could I do the same podcast for everyone? Like, uh, almost like I'm, I started thinking about it in terms of a show rather than just me connecting with another intellectual, a show where you wouldn't need to be hyper intellectual for it to be fun for me. So I wanted to widen my uh, the, the, the types of guests that I could have on while still keeping the quality of the conversation up. And I felt like the, the fun way of doing that, the fun way of approaching that challenge would be to uh, to have these philosophical questions where you didn't necessarily need to be thinking about anything. You could just figure it out in that moment. It's almost like in that podcast, and this is still true in the previous version, but more so in, the, in this format, because we're still talking about like what were the products that I had created. In this format, you really... I mean, you. Re everybody had an equal say. Like, I, I feel like I could ask a kid the same questions as I could ask an eighty-year-old, and it would pretty much be the same level of of quality. Um, so, anyhow, 
this podcast is what I call the three questions. Um, and those questions are, what is a good life to you? What do you think happens after we die? And the most important question in the universe. Now, the most important question in the universe has been a part of the podcast since the criminally insane version. I mean, it was literally like the sixth podcast ever created was the first time I did that. And then it just has continued ever since. It's easy. It's fun. And it's something that even if people don't have the patience to pay attention to the entire podcast, they can get something out of it because they understand the basic attitude and approach that we have toward conversation. And if you haven't heard of the most important question in the universe, it's basically a question of the format, this or that. And uh, there's no context. And the guest has posed this question at the end of the podcast. And uh, they come up with whatever rationale they have for choosing one of those two. So an example of that would be um, bird or bat. And then they decide however, <laughs> whatever meaning they want to add to it. And they answer bird or bat. And then I say, that's right. And it pretty much doesn't matter what they say. I'm going to say that's right, regardless. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, the three questions is the philosophical podcast. It's more of a show. It's more general. I don't have to have crazy specific guests. You don't have to write a fucking book. You don't have to be a philosophy major. Anybody could basically do that version of the podcast. And up until basically the last month, that's all I was doing for podcasts. Until the last one. The Fundamentals of Sheffery, which you're listening to now. So this last product is uh, storytelling from my life. It's solo. It's scripted pretty much. I mean, it's it's uh, extemporaneous speaking, but there is some... I write out the format first, and then I talk about it, so it's not straight off the dome. And um, there's no most important question in the universe because there's no guest. So um, I've been doing this for roughly one month, and... Um, yeah, those are the different products. And again, notice that none of what I'm saying is about how people are reacting to the products, which is what a lot of people use as a metric for whether or not their podcast is really developing. All of it is internal. It's saying, hey, what are you doing and how are you doing it? Which is what I'm about to get to next, the production, which should be a lot quicker. But yeah, um, those are those are the products that I've created you know, there, there's the criminally insane podcast. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm always open to going back to an old format when it makes sense. So if I were to have on someone who just got out of jail, I would prefer to do a criminally insane podcast with them. If I were to run into somebody who's a philosopher, I would prefer to do the intellectual one with them rather than the three questions because I'm more interested in whatever they're already thinking about than their response to these generic philosophical questions. If I'm doing it with a middle schooler, I would prefer to do the three questions because I don't, I probably don't give a fuck what the middle schooler's thinking about. And I assume they haven't been to jail or prison or had a psychotic break yet because that's not even the time that those things happen. It's usually in your young adult life. So, and then of course the fundamentals of chefery. Um, I mean, I, since I'm the one doing it, I, I can't really imagine how there could be any variation to that, but I don't know. You get the point. Even though these were different phases and different products that I've produced, um, they're all kind of a part of the Chef of X podcast, and I hope in the future to continue to bounce around between them as it makes sense, but I just wanted to let you know it's possible that you've listened to one or two in the last month and thought, oh, the three questions. That's what it's always been. 
And in reality, no. You, you're anyone who hasn't heard the Sheep of X podcast back when it was the Chef of X podcast should, I think, go back and listen to it because it really is completely different. There is no other way for me to get as close to that time period as as you know as actually just being there. You know, I was living in a halfway house. I, I was not admitted into any university. I didn't know what the future held for me. So the the whole attitude, I was on probation in two counties. <laughs> the whole attitude that I had toward life was different than what I have now. And anyhow, it is what it is. Those are the different uh, formats. Now, for the production, let me just push through this. Uh, I start off with the iPhone, just iPhone, nothing more, on the table, two people, and we just talked, I just hit voice recorder. Figured out how to put that online. That was the first way I recorded. And it wasn't that bad, but I knew I wanted to upgrade after 10 episodes. So then uh, I, I went to um, Guitar Center and bought a portable recorder. They overcharged me for it, but it was fine. I ended up going back, getting my refund, blah, da 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 But, you know, I still am a little salty about that. But I got a portable recorder, which, um, if you don't know, it's something that has microphones and also a storage system within it. And also a way that you can record with an external microphone and plug in. So it's like a two-in-one, basically. Either you use the microphones that are on there or you plug in your own microphone and record into it. At the time, I was using the microphones on there. Eventually, I upgraded, got two dynamic microphones, the cheap ones, the Amazonian ones. (laughs) And I uh, started recording with two dynamic microphones. And that was like the biggest jump in production ever. I mean, that was like the, I, I had made it at that point. And that was back, that was basically the first year in. At the end of that first year, after the criminal, after I moved out of the halfway house and I was mostly doing, you know, the, the philosoph, the, the, um, intellectual one where I didn't have a show yet. I didn't have the three questions yet. That was the time when it was like, Oh shit, I, I feel like I made it. I feel like I'm actually podcasting. <laughs> Anyhow, after that, I finally, I upgraded, um, the portable recorder and the microphones. I got the name brand microphones, the name brand portable recorder, uh, after about a hundred, maybe 150 episodes. I mean, here's a common theme. I think you should do episodes before you upgrade, but that's just me. I, I, I should say I do episodes first. And then once I know, okay, I'm doing something quality. Then I'm like, I owe it to myself to upgrade. Anyhow, I uh, upgraded the mics. I upgraded the thing. Then um, I started playing around with the camera. That's when I finally got accepted to uh, uh, UC Davey. And I moved into the domes. Um, I started fucking around with the camera. And um, that was maybe two years in. And then uh, the latest upgrade that I have is now I have two cameras. And I moved out of the domes by force, which is another story. And, um, and now I have two cameras, lights and two mics. And those are what you see on Instagram usually is recorded in what I call my fake studio, the quasi studio, uh, the kitchen, a number of other nicknames. But basically I, uh, I have this bunk bed and underneath the bunk bed in the living room, I have set up my podcast studio, my baby. So, uh, and I'm very proud of that because the production is fucking dope despite the location. It's actually, it, it's actually doper because of the location, but that's, anyhow. Anyhow, so those are, those are the hows, how I did, um, a lot of the, uh, oh, and I'm leaving out, 
I should have put this in the notes, but I'm leaving out. Since I use the same audio editing software, which is a free software, Audacity, I recommend it if you're doing podcasts, if you're starting off with podcasts. Um, and then if you want to upgrade, that's fine. But if you like this one, you know you don't need to. Um, I, since I use the same audio editing software, the only upgrades I have to talk about are the equipment upgrades. You know, because this audio editing, it's free. You download it for free. You learn about compression, um, you know, and uh, um, noise canceling and limiting and uh, equalization. You learn the basics and you can pretty much with a shit mic, if, I mean, I know about dynamic mics, but you can pretty much with a shit dynamic mic for 20 bucks make your, sound, your voice sound very beautiful. So um, as far as the production... As you could see, I mean, up to the point where I'm doing two cameras, two lights, uh, name brand portable recorder, name brand mics, there's actually a lot of growth that happened. And I had to learn about each, each time I, I was planning to upgrade, I had to learn a lot about sound editing. So, um, I would say in, in summary, this has been a very long discussion about, you know, the Chef of X podcast, but I would say for me and I'd recommend for other people, Focus on the product and the production, the actual meat and potatoes of the podcast. Now, at the moment, let me see if I can look this up. I, sh I should have researched this before. But at the moment, I have like z almost no subscribers. But this is probably the best time in the fucking, in the fucking podcast because I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about backlash and shit. I'm very happy with the product. And uh, yeah, I have in the range of 20 subscribers right now. So it'll be interesting if, if, if there's any kind of drastic change moving forward. But um, I just want to say that, uh, you know, for me personally, podcasts were of interest to me back in Alabama. I felt I didn't have the skills. When I went to jail, when I had my psychotic break and went to jail, I felt that one of the few benefits, <laughs> one of the few benefits was that my profile as a human being was widened a little bit past that, you know, that level where I could only interact with intellectuals. And I learned skills in comedy. I learned skills in communication. I learned, you know, some basic skills in storytelling that allowed me to survive, but also allowed me to ultimately participate in something that I had been a fan of for a very long time, because now I wasn't just the SciComm guy or the math guy, or whatever the fuck, the engineering student. I'm also the guy who has experience with severe mental health issues and has experience with the criminal justice system. As a black male, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a different experience than, than for most other people. And, um, and that there could be an incredibly connecting thing about that. It can connect you with more people, uh, ironically, to have negative experiences. So, um, anyhow, I, I personally, tried out a bunch of different formats, found things that I liked. Now I have a unique product or a set of unique products um, that I can continue to produce. Um, it cost me almost, it cost me very, very little to continue to do it, although there are startup costs, but I spread those out over time. And um, the production is at a level that I like, um, even though I had to go through the trials and tribulations for that. And, um, at the end of all of it, are the likes, comments, and subscribes through the roof? Actually, no. However, one of the things that I always 
like to brag about when people ask is I say, but my guests love the podcast. The people that I'm actually hanging out with and talking to, they fucking love it. So to me, I don't want to get too into the, you know what I'm saying? The, the business of it, but like, you should know that that like in the range of 20 subscribers may continue for years, maybe, maybe even two more years before I seriously focus on increasing the listenership because I would much rather increase my network than increase my listenership. But that's another discussion. Meaning that I would rather be able to do a high quality podcast twice a week with different people who have different experiences um, before promoting it than to promote it as what it is and then possibly lose out on the opportunity to uh, do those to have the discussions I really want to have. So, um, and there's a lot still left. I mean, you know what I mean? There, there's uh, like, I spoke about the idea of the chef set, but I'd like to, at some point go into depth about why I think all of these different elements are important and why they all fit together. I think I've done a poor job of that. In addition to doing a poor job of explaining my personal background and what qualifies me as someone you should be listening to. Although, thank you for fucking listening. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, I think um, I'm going to leave you with a song. I think that's going to be the, the, the most important question in the universe equivalent of these fundamentals of chefery. That way, I can easily work in some Red Chef music here or there. But I haven't decided. I haven't decided at the moment. So what I think maybe I'll do is decide that and then do a... Yeah, then do an intro, then record a separate intro with the song. So yeah, this is a song I fucking like, blah, 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 blah. Um, or maybe not. Maybe I won't do an intro. Maybe I'll just save that for the next one of these. Uh, so yeah, I'll leave you with the song, blah, 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 blah. You could find the lyrics for the song on chefofx.com. Actually, you know what? I'll just put a link. Once I figure out the fucking song, I'll just put a link in this episode. So it's way easier. And I'll put a YouTube link so you can listen to the other songs on that album. Um, that being said, yep, that's basically the background for, um, how the podcast got started, how, you know, my personal, uh, background affected the, the format of the podcast, what the different formats are, what the, you know, how I produce them, how the production changed over time, the fact that I still use that free software audacity and, um, don't worry about the fucking reactions, you know what I'm saying? We're in a culture where everything's based on the reaction. Have something dope first, then worry about the reactions. You know what I mean? I, I feel like people are reacting to each other's rough drafts and taking it to heart. Like, just finish your final draft first, then worry about what people think. And if you're not on your final draft yet, just keep fucking working. It's like they say. It's like I always say. Chefs keep cooking. Oh, okay. I just figured out what song it's going to be. So this is a song. This is one of my favorite songs from Young Davey. And by the way... Every song is my favorite song from Young Davey. But some background is I've been making mixtapes basically for as long as I've been making uh, podcasts because it's the same basic idea, recording voices. Since I don't make beats really, really, I do, but I make shitty beats, which is another discussion. Um, since I don't really make beats, it's the same process because it's just voice editing. I just speak into a microphone and then make it sound good. So... Um, yeah, I've been doing hip-hop music for that long, and I made a bunch of mixtapes, blah, 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 and the most recent one is called Young Davey, blah, 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 and I live in Davis, and I call Davis Young Davey, so they're just, like, 
shit that, you know, a young mathematician would go through in Davis. Well, me specifically. Actually, I don't think anyone else goes through this shit. But, um, yeah, this one is called swept. I misuse the word swept and just stick with it. Um, I think it, the, the correct word is swiped for what I'm trying to say <laughs> in this song. But uh, it's kind of like a freestyle-y vibe. I like writing a lot when I do music, but sometimes I like to free write, which isn't quite freestyling. But as you hear this, you might see where I'm coming from. Anyhow, this is Swept from Young Davy. I hope you enjoy. Recommend all but the revenge, don't taste it. The trick to make friends with the gin, don't chase it. Sick mathematics, but the dick fantastic. Don't get dramatic, keep the shit old fashioned. I already told you she passed niggas about to cook up a meal ticket, and if you ain't fucking with it, deal with it. I'ma grind out until they blow my mind out. The bitch was ugly, but she kinda fine now. We bout to space out, me at Time House. I'm hitting five by fives lately. They got no drive. Don't whine when I drive crazy. I don't mind until I grind out my mind, baby. My sign wavy. I co-sign. Navy. Heavenly. I'm Hades. Peasantry. I pay dues. My ones and twos betray me. I've learned rules and safety. They've earned tools and training. I've made fools of make-believe and then fell for painting. It ain't me to say, but my aiming was amazing. Within a context... Aesthetic palm presto makes for a strong flex. I'm thumb wrestling unrest. I bring no contest. My flaws, I'm too honest. I took your draws, Pocahontas. And every time you leave and come back like Haley's Comet. Fuck the comments and the likes. I'm not the type. My sight's on heights. You can't reach with the hype. I told Swiper not to swipe, but he swept. They took that bitch ass nigga's chain. Jesus wept. Jesus swept. <laughs> 